It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I was recently asked to review a blog post that was posted back in 2020 by a gentleman named Richard George. Uh, The name of the blog is Customer Outcomes and Backlogs. Now, right away, I was happy to see that the focus of this was on outcomes and not outputs. I feel like there's a lot to be said. So I'm gonna go through part of this blog post with you and kind of chime in on some of my thoughts and uh, let's see where it goes. So one of the key aspects of an agile practice is the backlog. A delivery team works from the top of the backlog collectively focused on the most valuable feature. Value is calculated from the benefits to the customer and to the company as agreed with the business team. I'm gonna come right out and start clapping. One of the things that a lot of people lose is that there is a difference between a ba and a fa, business analyst and a functional analyst, where a business analyst helps us focus on the consumer's needs, wants, whims, and desires. We still need to take into consideration a strategic value, this feature or the thing that we're trying to build holes for the organization. So there's definitely different types of value. In fact, there's three. There's customer value, there's business value, and then there's technology value. Sometimes what you're building can support a long-term or short-term solution. So there's just a lot going on, a lot to be said about the different types of value and how that value is calculated. So uh, let's continue. Uh, So in many companies, the backlogs become disorganized, agree again, and difficult to process for people outside of the delivery team. This often lends to non-productive manual work to tie the delivery team's output to the business and functional structures outside of the company. This leads to the incorrect view that agile means throwing project management and delivery confidence out of the window. One of the things that I've recently learned is that uh, the stable framework kind of talks about this quite a bit. It talks about the importance of understanding quality management, the importance of understanding how lean projects are built, the importance of understanding how Agile integrates, the importance of understanding how not to feed the hidden factory. There's a lot of other things that come into play and we should never get into the mindset of the practice that we're gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need to make sure that we understand that there are pieces of traditional project management that still come into play, especially when we're talking about managing and governing releases and figuring out how we're going to process information and delivery confidence, making sure that we are going to do what we say and say what we do. And I think sometimes we overlook those things. So this is going to be an effort to to define outcome and how outcomes fit into a backlog. It'll then uh, talk through integration of outcomes to the needs of other departments within a company. I like where they're taking it. So he starts off with why outcomes are important. He says, for many years, companies have called out the importance of being customer centric in the delivery of new experiences. This hasn't changed. In practical terms, customer centricity is the practice of starting with the desired customer outcome and working backward into the company, refining user journeys, business processes, technology, and human touch um, in taking such approach. I love it. One can be assured that all changes are tuned to meet the stated outcome. This is the line. Outcomes are the language of delivery between product owners, engineers, and business teams. I almost wish I would have said that quote, so I'm going to say it one more time. Outcomes are the language of delivery between product owners, engineers, and business teams. If you can get that out of this episode, then you've already gained the lion's share. 
I think that when we talk about customer centricity and we talk about how we're going to focus on set outcomes and map backwards to business processes, that is when we're going to have the power of uh, being able to improve the way that we deliver products and services, both to external stakeholders as well as to internal management. It's going to help us make sure that we're delivering a set of well-defined deliverables that provide value to the customer and that those are honed in and we have laser focus on those deliverables. It's going to ensure that larger items in the backlog are appropriately sized to enable us to get a train of different delivery value to the customer every single sprint. It's going to help us better report progress across teams and across the organization without resorting to manually figuring out what we're delivering, right? And it's going to enable a culture of inspect and adapt, as well as experimentation by focusing on outcomes and making outcomes the, the key deliverable. It's also going to help when it comes to dependencies, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, because when you're tracking dependencies uh, between outcomes and the customer, it makes it easier for you to see exactly what the customer's needs are and to identify things faster so that you can get a better yield. So in order to make this happen, in order to have an effective outcome, there's a couple of things that you absolutely must have in place. And I'm going to go through what he calls them, and then I'm going to uh, you know tie it into what I call them so we'll have it all tied, buttoned down together. The first thing he recommends is a mandatory customer. I call this one a key stakeholder. You need to have someone that you can't live without, someone who is the, the absolute glue that's holding everything together. And uh, this person sometimes is referred to as a SME, a subject matter expert. But the point I'm trying to bring up is that this person doesn't always need to be the SME or it might not always be the SME. Uh, because in, in fact, sometimes the mandatory customer might pay and be the sponsor. Other times they're not. Sometimes the mandatory customer is the target persona who's going to be using your product. Sometimes they're not. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we need to go through the exercise of figuring out who in a project, if they left, would everything fall apart? If we can figure out who that person is, then we know who our mandatory customer is. Uh, we also need a mandatory object of control or a feature. This is what I refer to as an MVP. We need to have something that has minimal marketable features that combined together make a minimal viable product. And that MVP could be a simple workflow. It could be a journey map. It could be an actual physical product. There's lots of different directions we can take it, but it's important for us to understand that we have to have the quote unquote must haves in order for us to be able to proceed. Okay. We need to have a mandatory customer benefit. Amen, brother. This means that we need to make sure that we're talking about what the consumer's needs are, how it's going to impact the consumer. We need to make sure there's benefit to the consumer. If what we're building has zero benefit to the consumer, then it darn well better have the next one, which is a mandatory business benefit. If strategically we can explain how this is going to help us situate ourselves to build something better in the future, or we can say by making these changes, it's going to help us to drive something internally and make something easier so that our customers will get further benefit down the line. We need to make sure we identify what our business benefit is, what our customer benefit is. And then uh, optionally, we can put in some context clarifiers. And I love this because sometimes when teams are trying to build a product or service and they don't know why behind the what, they struggle with trying to drive towards outcome. So we need to do more than just because Caesar said so, right? 
there came a decree from Caesar Augustus. We need to make sure it's more than just a decree and that people understand the why behind the what. If they understand how the directive is going to be flowed, it'll help them do everything they need to do. Okay, the next section focuses on using outcomes for experimentation. This is something I've always talked about for a long time, so I'm not going to go deep into the text of the blog post. But it talks about an experiment starting with an establishment of a hypothesis, which is something we do in all of our actual classes, and then proving that hypothesis through experimentation. And it's just so important because then when you get to that point, that shows that you're using outcomes correctly and that you're managing outcomes correctly and that people understand what we're trying to do, that we're breaking down a project into concrete outcomes that are of value to the customer, of value to the business. And a precise nature of the outcome will force us to focus on a short time box for deliveries that we can inspect and adapt. So this is how we make significant change. The last thing that he really gets into is talking about how to keep things simple and plan using backlogs that are outcome focused. What I can tell you is if you go through and do the following things, if you can keep your project simple, don't try to overcomplicate things, focus on what you can deliver, how, when, and where. Plan using the backlog focused on outcomes and needs. If you're constantly doing this and doing continuous inspect and adapt, or if you're if you're focusing on continual integration if possible, or even continuous deployment if necessary, that you'll start to see where the technology marries into the consumer needs. If you use story points instead of time-based estimates to make sure you're focused on how this is going to size up and are able to forecast with greater accuracy, if you're focused on continual improvement, all of these things are going to help you in the end make sure that your outcomes and backlogs and your journey map to what the consumer's best needs are, their strategic best needs, and they're going to help you really build a solid agile practice. That's going to do it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you want to talk about, make sure you reach out to us, learn more at agiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. We'll be right back.